The climate picture may be grim, but hope springs eternal. The best of us get off our butts and get things done. A little inspiration in these tough times. Welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young. Lou Young here with uh, George Patanovic. Hi, George. Hey, Lou. Our resident activist. He's uh, he. We let him off of uh, the uh, the uh, picket line to come in here and uh, and uh, sit with us. And of course, Will Hennessy. Good afternoon. Who is the uh, who represents uh, everybody who's not. Uh, not old, I guess. You know, I'm an old man. Everybody's not, <laughs> not over <Marcus>. thirty. <laughs> All right, and uh, so we're, we're talking about um, the folks who get things done, the mm. doers among us, mm. uh, who uh, don't want to sit and watch the world slip away. They imagine, they organize, they act. We got a series of local heroes today. Um, who do we got here? Uh, let me see that, uh, George. We, we've yeah. got uh, Ellen Silver, who's on the line right now. Ellen, how you doing? Hey Lou, how are you? Fine, fine. We're, we're gonna. We got Ellen Silver. We got uh, uh, David Freeman is coming on in a minute. We got uh, Marcy Denker mm-hmm. and uh, Dana uh, Harkrider, uh, mm-hmm. who are uh, all people who get stuff done. Let's start with you, Ellen. Tell us what you do and um, and 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 what kind of uh, things you've been involved in. And and after you do that, briefly, we're gonna get up and 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 walk over into the the big machine and 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 uh, take a look at the COP twenty eight conference real quickly. And you'll help us with that, okay? Oh, great. Sure. Okay, because we because you because right now virtually you're in the room with us. You're in the virtual lounge. You understand that? I gotcha. Okay, I'm, I'm there virtually. Okay, well, <laughs> hi everybody, and thanks for having me on, Lou. Um, you know, this is my passion. Love to talk about it. Um, so um, I live in the same community as you, the village of Amerinek, and um, have been involved with, uh, you know, climate environmental uh, matters since I think uh, 2017, I believe, mm-hmm. and okay. um, was uh, chairing the Committee for the Environment. And when I was on that committee, we decided to form sort of a separate task force called the Climate Smart Communities Task Force. Now, what you did, you, you volunteered with with, the, with your local government to be on a committee. That's right. That's yes. Okay, and that's that's the first thing people can agree to do. You, 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 if you're interested, go down to your local government and volunteer. All right, continue, please. That's a great point. I, I think that's a great point because I think that where I started was realizing that this wasn't going to be sort of from the federal government on down. It needs to be at the grassroots local level. Mm-hmm. So. I um, saw an opening and I applied and I got onto the committee and, um, you know, we did a lot there and we started this task force because New York State has a really robust program to work with local municipalities and helping them lead their communities, you know, to lead in the way of reducing greenhouse gas emissions and adapting to the effects of climate change and just, you know, making their communities more green, more sustainable in in its practices, whether it's you know, government buildings or their fleet or helping residents figure out how to make their homes more energy efficient. So we decided that there was so much in that New York State program that it really needs a separate task force to just tackle all of that. And in fact, the program itself requires, it's a mandatory action to have a separate task force that's just focused on the actions within the program. Right. So now, now a lot of what the, the, the village had done already sort of qualified us 
So we sort of backfilled and got credit for things that we had already done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give one example of that. Like the village of Mamaroneck put in LED streetlights um, back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So while that's a really important action, we'd already done that. Mm-hmm. And we saved about 50%. On, on the energy, on the light bill. Our electric is, bills went down, yes. The electric bills went down. So, um, you know, win-win there. And, and, uh, and right now, what you're doing something called Climate Smart Homes, right? Yeah, so Climate Smart Homes is a, is a program that reaches out to residences. There's been a lot of education around that. We've had um, two separate sessions uh, really trying to, you know, help homeowners understand you know next time your boiler dies or if it's coming to the end of its useful life instead of just replacing it with a gas furnace try heat pumps or try other more environmentally friendly hmm. alternatives so that's the third campaign that we've run we ran two other campaigns two years back and one of the great things about this program is that you could be eligible for grants and with those other two programs that we ran one was for community solar and one was for an app called Grid Rewards that I don't know that you want me to get into detail. No. But because we ran these programs mm-hmm. and we got a certain number of residents to sign up, we were able to get grants that you're then supposed to utilize those proceeds in some kind of fashion where it's sustainable. So we, for the first money, we went out and we bought LED bulbs and we distributed them through the Laura Schwabman Marina Congre Task Force where we give out food bags to residences, we put in LED bulbs so our lower-income residents would have that. They could save money on their on their um, Con Ed bills. Right. More light, and less we, electricity. Yep. Totally. And then we also are now still running a program with another grant where we're encouraging people to sort of turn in their gas-powered, you know, lawnmowers, leaf mm-hmm. blowers, weed whackers, and then they get a coupon at one of to local retailers to buy an electric piece of this equipment. This is this is cool. So if you've got, you, let's say you've it's got very, a, a, a um, an electric weed whacker, uh, not electric, a, a gasoline powered weed whacker or a gas mower or anything, and and you, you know, if it's long in the tooth, it doesn't even have to work really. You bring it down and uh, and we'll give you a hundred bucks for it, mm-hmm. a, a certificate, and then you go use that. That hundred bucks is is you could be used to buy the electric replacement mm-hmm. or uh, some other kind of electric uh, lawn equipment. Mm. Exactly, because I mean, I, I, I'm sure that everybody experiences this time of year, especially with all the leaves, the horrible effects of those gas powered leaf blowers. They're mm-hmm. so polluting, and mm-hmm. you know the electric does the job just as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's the motivation there it's to try to give grants to municipalities for climate friendly actions, and then use that, those proceeds even do more okay so so uh we, we get the general picture of what you're doing i want to take a deep dive on, on on some of this stuff with some of our other guests and you in, in a minute but first i'm going to ask you to uh here um uh, uh hold my cup of coffee here all right okay, gotcha i gotcha and yeah. let's get up and, and take a walk over to the um over to, you know, to the big machine here get in here and fire up the machines yeah. and uh, swing everything over solar powered machine you ever seen anything like this ellen <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, there you go. You've never seen it. You've literally <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> We're going to zero in on the United Arab Emirates where COP28 is taking place. Now it's the, it's the climate change uh, um, conference that's still going on. The United Nations. And um, it seems to be, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 
people seem to be running out of enthusiasm for this uh, this whole effort here. Um, uh, Reverend Billy uh, from the Church of Stop Shopping is particularly um, upset about this year's uh, climate conference, and um, he's going to weigh in if we can get him in, bring him in from the Lower East Side. This is uh, Reverend Billy. We can't measure it. How do you frame it? How do you even talk about it without bursting into fits of bitter laughter? We have an international climate conference, COP28, in the United Arab Emirates. Why is it at a petrostate in the first place? You'll have to ask Secretary General Guterres of the United Nations, why there precisely? Well, this shouldn't be a surprise, but it is. The host, a guy named Jabert, of the whole thing, is an oil man. He's the president of a prominent oil company, and he's making side deals, we've discovered through leaked emails, side deals with other oil executives to make fossil fuel burning even more deadly around the world. He's doing that during the conference. He's using the conference as a, as a setting for these meetings, these side deals. Oh, my God. My God in heaven. That's Reverend Billy from the Lower East Side. Uh not really optimistic about what uh, what's happening at COP twenty eight. What do you what do you think about that, Ellen? Well, you know, I, I, it's funny that you're saying that because I was I was mentioning to somebody that just the other day that I happened to be watching CNN one night during prime time. Mm-hmm. Not not a word of this conference. No. Not a word. Most people, I would imagine, do not even know that this conference is going on. Mm-hmm. I do believe with Reverend, Reverend Billy, I have heard about these mm-hmm. backdoor oil deals going on at this conference. It's kind of a joke. That mm-hmm. it's, I don't, it with an you know an OPEC country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I guess if you want to give them some credit, maybe it's they're trying to show that they're willing to become more green. But mm-hmm. hard not to be cynical. Mm-hmm. I do think that again, I get back to I think so much of this has to be done at the local level. Yes. I really do. I think that it's hard to count on the federal government or big corporations always to do the right thing. And you know, where a profit driven world i get it um but i think that what needs to happen you know interestingly solar and wind have the prices of that energy have really come down and they're competitive that's the, that's the bright part of the picture yes which yes. is the bright part of the picture oh the, but, that the, yeah that that the the renewable energy the price is coming down yeah. yes a hundred percent yeah mm-hmm. i just think there's so much vested for certain countries and companies to keep oil and gas going and mm-hmm. um yeah you know we talked we heard so much about the pipelines oh we need the pipelines well mm-hmm. the pipelines yeah. were for us to export it. exactly so yeah. if we you know and and the truth is we export more than we import so if we didn't export we'd be we'd have more than enough uh, mm-hmm. this is this is just somebody's business model we're protecting mm-hmm. at this point and the planet suffers so um uh yeah so i just thought i knew you would bring it back to the local thing because that's what is in our control mm-hmm. and um you know when you consider that we just had the warmest year in uh, what is it oh let me see here let me look through oh yeah the warmest year in 125,000 years so that's yeah, yeah. uh and and probably the coolest year of the rest of our lives and yet we're um we're still screwing around um can i say screwing around on the radio yeah, yes can. okay thank you <laughs> All right, so there you go. Uh, 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 so anyway, Ellen, let's get back to what you're doing uh, to help uh, your community in Mamaroneck. Uh, uh, I, I love the whole pollinator uh, butterfly thing. Tell me about that. Well, so that's not me per se, so I don't want to steal anyone else's Oh, else but stuff. you were involved. I mean, yeah, yeah, you could communicate it. I know. I don't, I'm asking you to take credit, but go ahead. So 
So, yeah, so I think that um, we had people on our committee that were so passionate and so knowledgeable about the importance and the, the essential nature of, of pollinator plants because the monarch butterfly, for example, was, was named an endangered species. And the reason is because, you know, the monarch has a migration pattern that goes over the middle of the United States, and there used to be tons of milkweed, which is their food. There mm-hmm. used to be tons of milkweed over that migration course. Mm-hmm. And because we built, you know, now we have, you know, monoculture mono, uh, farms. You know, we thought it farms. was a weed. We thought it was a weed. We so thought we it was a weed. It they got rid of it. It wasn't making money. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, there's all the sort of urbanization, and, and the food was being taken away. So a lot of communities such as ours mm-hmm. are trying to build what's called pollinator pathways mm-hmm. where... You know, we're helping the monarchs find their way home. And and sure enough, they show right. up. That's yeah. the cool thing. When you sit there and you see a monarch butterfly land on your uh, on your patio table, you go, my God, they're here. They're yeah. back. Um, in a little while, uh, Ellen, I, ho- I hope you'll stay with us as long as you, you like, but you, you can leave when, whenever you have to move on to the rest of your, <laughs> rest of your life here. Um, <laughs> we're going to get a call from Mexico. Somebody is... Uh, Dana. D- Dana's down there. Uh, she does the same thing on the uh, Rockland side of the river. Nyack. And Nyack. And uh, she's down in Mexico now with the butterflies. <laughs> so. That's like a dream trip of mine to go to the butterflies winter in this mountainous area in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I just have to imagine that's just completely magical to be there. Yeah, so that's, that, that, that's that, you know, it's just spectacular. And, and, and we're... Um, we're 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 delighted to have you uh, 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 working so hard at this stuff, and and you have only scratched the surface of what you what what you do. I mean, uh, uh, well, to put it in context, yeah. So this program is called the Climate Smart Communities Program, which again is a New York State program, mm-hmm. which provides sort of it's like a it's like a roadmap roadmap for the uh, municipalities in New York mm-hmm. State, so that New York State could achieve its climate goals. And it really, it's so helpful because I find for me, heading this committee, it's so motivating, right? Because they give you, there's a, so like there's 116 act, actions in the program. We've done 19 of them so far. Mm-hmm. But we're always thinking about the next one. We're always teeing up the next one and the next one. And they kind of, you know, have a lot of leadership recognition mm-hmm. built into the program. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Lou, I think you may know that we just put an application in to become a certified bronze community. All right. And, and if we get that, like, that's really cool. Like, you know, it's kind of bragging, right? It's like we've done enough that mm-hmm. we are a bronze community. We're then on our way to become a silver. Um, and I think your radio program is in Rockland County. Is that right? It is. So I went ahead and I looked, and there's two bronze communities right now in Rockland County. There is the village of Nyack and the village of Piermont. All right. Uh, Rockland has a little catching up to do because in Westchester we have 19 bronze communities. That's okay. All right. Speaking of Nyack, all right, on the phone right now, Dana Harkender, uh, who's calling in. Are you calling in from Mexico? Uh, Dana, is that right? I am. Hello, Lou. All right. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Oh, great. Well, well, tell us about the uh, tell us about the how the butterflies are doing down there. (laughs) (laughs) The butterflies are doing fairly well down here, actually. Yeah, you can still, you know, when you're when you're driving the highways down here, you can still actually see some of the butterfly migrations. You know, Um, do you remember what that was like, like decades ago? I I remember being a kid and, and being on the highway with my 
my um, parents in the car, and you know, you drive on the highway, and you'd have to stop and clean your windshield because there'd be so many insects. But well, it's not not like that in the states no. anymore. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So, so, so Dana, I'd like to um, electronically introduce you to Ellen. Ellen, this is Dana. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Dana. Okay, and you guys are uh, <laughs> on the same frequency here. Uh, we've got David Freeman standing by also, um, uh, who will join us in a, in a moment. You you know David, uh, uh, Ellen, and uh, and we're going to talk about this stuff. So so why don't you guys explain to us about the uh, uh, about the butterfly, um, th- uh, the whole th- journey that these mm-hmm. bu- these butterflies take, and, and how um, this thing that you've do- that you're doing helps uh, bring back something that had uh, been almost lost. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, Ellen, I can I can talk about this. I know you've <laughs> been on for a, a little while. Um, I, I'm one of the co-founders of the NIAC Pollinator Pathway. So um, I um, founded a pollinator pathway um, in 2019 in my community, and our mission is to improve, enhance, create pollinator habitat on both public and private land all around the NIACs. So essentially, we plant pollinator gardens. And we do this because, you know, it's not just butterflies, but it's all pollinators. So, you know, bees and birds and... Uh, you know, beetles, moths, bats, all of these, these creatures that, that we really need, not just to pollinate the plants that are the food that we eat, but pollinators pollinate about 90% of all flowering plants. So we, we desperately need these creatures, but because there's been so much development, um, you know, all across our country, you know, we've lost so much natural space. There's been so much fragmentation. And then there's things, of course, like pesticide use and pollution, um, climate change, all of these different things. All these species are struggling. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is to find underutilized natural spaces throughout the NIACs, you know, on both public and private land, and and give these species the, the forage, the plants that they need to forage on, you know, so a lot like a primary native plant palette. And the natural spaces to be able okay. to complete their life cycle. All right, yeah. so uh, let, let, let me let me stop you right there. Let me ask yeah, you. Yeah, please go ahead. Let me ask you both to uh, just list a couple of the places where you've um, where you've brought this uh, natural uh, vegetation back and 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 have, and have uh, re-welcomed the uh, monarch butterfly to our area. Just some of the places. Uh, um, let's start with um, Ellen. Start start with the Mamaroneck. What have you done? In, uh, you've got what the Rockland Pocket. Uh, tell tell us some of the places you did over there. Uh, well. So right in the, the entrance of the community that I live in called Orienta, there's a really nice um, sort of stone wall. And there's an, a community, there's, I'm sorry, there's an organization called um, the Harbor Island Conservancy. And we work with the Harbor Island Conservancy mm-hmm. to create a pollinated garden mm-hmm. right at the entrance. So it's very prominent and it's now being used by the school for education. We also have a pollinated garden in our Harbor Island Park. We have one in Columbus Park, but the most, the most um, substantial is what you're talking about, Louis. This Rockland Pocket, which was really a, a, a derelict piece of land <laughs> and they, that was sort of discovered by one of our committee members. It was just really trash was strewn there. It was in an industrial section, but it's right by the Sheldrake River, and it was cleared out of trash. All the invasive plants were cleared okay. out. It was a huge undertaking, and oh. now that's a designated park for the village. Right, yeah, and they created, uh, Dana, they created a park. It was the first park I think it's been created in, in, a, in the village uh, in decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell yeah, us uh, tell us what's going on in, in Nyack. You, 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 I'm looking here at this, this paper. You, you've got an impressive uh, list of, of, uh, of places. Before and afters. Yeah, before and after. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've, uh, if you're ever in Nyack and you walk up and down Main Street, most of the garden beds along Main Street are ours. Um, we've done some stuff, a lot of plantings down in Memorial Park. We planted two huge um, pollinator gardens by the community garden. Um, this past year, we did uh, two also large uh, pollinator gardens in the Nyack Plaza apartments. Um, and then we've done various other, you know, pollinator gardens throughout throughout Nyack. And we help private homeowners um, create and install pollinator gardens as well. Spectacular. And, and I know that uh, in... Um in Mamaroneck, we one of the plans that that we collectively have is to we have a seven acre um, uh, capped landfill that uh, some of us would like to put a um, uh, a solar array on to generate electricity with a pollinator garden underneath it and a walking yes. path around the outside. So that's yes, it. yes, solar arrays are great spaces to convert to pollinator habitat. All right, all right. So um, uh, uh, David is standing by. Can we get get David up here real quick? Uh, David, how are you, sir? Good afternoon. How are you? Oh, God, you sound like you're on the road. I'm on the road. I hope the, the we can audio hear you. Is, is adequate. Yeah, we can, we can hear you. Uh, so you've heard, we've been talking about the butterflies, and, and, uh, uh, and David is also another activist who's working on um, something called the, uh, uh, the, the Greenway Project. We'll get to that in a moment, but I just wanted to bring you on. And uh, let's uh, briefly just uh, uh, do a, a little musical homage to butterflies uh, and uh, and and we'll be, be back in a moment. Yeah, that's that. That's Iron Butterfly. <laughs> 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 it's the best I could do, guys. I'm sorry. It's a, a Inagata defeat us. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I had three people on the phone going, what the that? heck did we sign up for here? This guy's... All right. I'm going to start playing that at all our events. Oh, it is, you know, I love that song. It is just so, yeah. so, I don't know, it's so something. But, uh, um, and and <laughs> what was the question, Will, when I said uh, I wanted to play that, would you ask what? What, what version? The, uh, the uh, three-minute version or the 17-minute yeah, version? Oh, if That's you don't get the full 17 minutes, it's not, <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> David, all right? Yes. T- tell us about the Greenway. Okay, I can, I can pick up where Ellen left off mm-hmm. because the Greenway um, is the um, – we envision it as a string of best pocket parks along the Mamaroneck and Sheldrake Rivers in the village of Ameranek. There are 23 parcels we've identified. 23. 23. Most of them are municipally owned, either by the village or the county. One of them is the Rockland Pocket Park. So the first the first of our, our uh, first effort of the Greenway initiative mm-hmm. is the Rockland Pocket Park, which Ellen has already spoken of. And one of the reasons, there are several reasons for us wanting to do this, but one of them is to provide habitat for pollinators. Mm-hmm. A lot of these um, parcels are overgrown with invasives. They're cluttered with trash. They have eroded stream banks. They have broken culverts. They have inappropriate uses, like one of them is a, has a, a municipal salt shed, which uh, leaches 
salt into the river oh, during oh, flood oh, events. Who's responsible for that? Let me find them. I'll bet it's <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I, I hear you. So, <laughs> it's the and, village and of America. Right, the village of America. Um, so um, we want to uh, make these, these, these parcels accessible to the public. We want to clear them uh, of the overgrowth growth and the invasives. We want to plant native plants. Uh, which can be habitats for pollinators. Yeah. We want to repair the culverts. We want to contour them because one of the problems is they're not properly contoured. They don't actually absorb flood waters. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and the other the other thing here, mm-hmm. uh, David, is that you know we uh, uh, flooding is a big issue now, especially with these atmospheric rivers and and mm-hmm. these um, uh, intense events we're having and having these the, the, this this greenway along the side of the rivers and not building right up to them that get doing away with the you know the the, the walls and, and and the and the the, the reinforced uh, uh, siding and all that um, uh, enables the river to spread out when it needs to a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, eliminates the uh, the uh, damaging flooding I mean so it's a flood control measure mm-hmm. as well as an environmental one am I correct well it's an environmental one of course because mm-hmm. you're improving the what is growing there. Mm-hmm. It's a flood control measure, and that's important not only because we have a real flooding problem in America, because that's the hook through which we're going to get funded. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money right now for flood control, and we can, if we, and we are working very hard with the Corps of Engineers, the New York State Thruway Authority, and the municipalities to uh, use the money that is being mm-hmm. devoted to flood control to help us build these parks. And, and um, yeah, and you guys, you know, you guys have literally volunteered. You've gone out and pulled the weeds yourselves. You've, you've, you've done physical work uh, on this that uh, you, you're not just sitting around waiting for somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. You're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what you end up with, in addition to, to a great system of that, that will improve flood control, is you're going to have a, a walkable park like, think of the High Line. Mm-hmm. Or think of, if any of you are familiar with Atlanta, there's a belt line. It's mm-hmm. a walkable park, which is recreational, mm-hmm. serving an underserved community. This is an area that is starved for open space and recreational opportunities. And you're going to be able to walk, hopefully, from the town line of Harrison to the, the town line of Marinette, yeah. uh, on a continuous park that's going to connect to other parks uh, in neighboring communities. And you can have a real beneficial recreational facility as well as flood control and improving the environment. Yeah, they so call them linear park, on. right? Linear parks, yeah, yeah. exactly. Linear now, park. Yeah. Now, um, uh, um, in a little while, we're going to have Marcy Deniker on. I, I don't know if you'll still be with us, uh, David, or not, but uh, she's a, a landscape designer uh, here on the Rockland side uh, uh, and uh, has done a lot of this kind of work. In uh, you know uh, in in, in Nyack, which is uh, which is, and I hope you guys from Marinick and Nyack start talking to each other because you're all doing the same. You're all doing God's work here. You know? uh, uh, that's right. Well, I think that's a really important point. Yeah. One of the things I've learned in the Committee for the Environment is that a lot of communities are facing similar problems, and mm-hmm. there's no reason for each of us to invent the wheel. Yeah, you go. Uh, uh, so the next, just just speak, speaking of what. Uh, our next guest is going to talk about the next issue for us. Now that we have the concept, is to actually engineer it. And we're going to be applying for a hundred thousand dollar grant, which is an EPA grant uh, from the Long Island Sound Study. 
to actually hire uh, a landscape designer, designer or landscape engineer to actually take our conceptual uh, design and and make it and, and make it work. Terrific, terrific. All right, great. Uh, um, um, uh, Ellen, uh, uh, Dana, uh, you, you, you're hearing this Greenway thing? I mean, uh, I, I know, uh, Ellen, you know a little bit about it. How does it strike you, Dana? It sounds amazing and exactly like the kinds of things that we're trying to do in NIAC, absolutely. And I, I'm happy to meet you all, you know, on this program because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in supporting, you know, all of mm-hmm. these different organizations that are doing the same thing as we are in other communities. When we were first getting started, there's a lot of pollinator pathways across the river in Westchester and southwestern Connecticut, and they were very supportive of us when we were first getting started. Terrific, terrific. I just really appreciated it, yeah. All right, uh, uh, and uh, Ellen, what's next on your agenda on this? I know you, you, I I attended a, a Climate Smart Home event that you had, and you had people, gosh, from... Up County, you had people from the Bronx, you had all sorts of people there curious about what what um, what they could do with their homes to make them more climate smart. What's what's your the next thing that you're you're focusing up on? Well, we've had that underway for a few months now. The next thing up on our agenda is we're really trying to get the village to pass what's called a unified solar permit. And the point of that is just to really simplify, streamline the process for people to put solar on their roof. You know, something that we think. Uh, people should do and people should not you know have to go through sort of a a tedious bureaucratic process Um, and so that's one of our big um, focuses coming up really first quarter next year Mm -hmm. also there's um what's called the new york stretch energy code Mm -hmm. stretch code yes yes it tries to keep communities one step ahead of really where the code is now Mm -hmm. so you know the code is only going to get greener in new york state so it's really to try to adopt what's going to be reality probably in like 2025 anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are sort of our, our two main things. We're right now we're working on the climate action plan, which is actually a really big undertaking, mm-hmm. which sort of has more of like a, uh, a big picture look at where we could reduce emissions under, you know, in our fleet, in our, in our buildings, in our, you know, in our community as a, as a whole and sort of really commit to specific actions to take there. Right. Now, now we're going to, we have um, um, uh, Marcy standing by. We'll bring her on in a moment, uh, talk about the climate action plan. Uh, and and uh, But before, we, I just wanted to finish up with uh, with uh, David, because I know David's got to go. David, you still there? Yep, I can okay. hang on for a couple minutes. I actually <laughs> muted my phone, so you didn't hear the No sweat, no, no sweat. I mean, what, what's next coming up with you? What do you, what do you got going next? I know you're going to be before your uh, board of uh, trustees on Monday giving an update, but uh, uh, you're, you're focused on Greenway all the way, right? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm exiting my, my term as the Committee for the Environment Chair, so I'm going on a different committee, but we're going to focus on the Greenway. Okay, great. And, uh, so it's, we have a lot of work to, to do, so All right. I'll have my plate full. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us, David. I really appreciate it, and uh, especially since you're on the road and you got you got so much going on today. And uh, Dana, Dana, tell us yeah. what, what, what your next uh, next uh, target is. In, in well, your... we, <laughs> we've got several more pollinated gardens that we're going to be planting, but, you know, the big push in the spring is going to be to get private homeowners to sign up and become stops along the NIAC pollinator pathway. So I've 
got a map um, on our website so that homeowners can actually go and add their addresses, you know, to the map uh -huh. um, if they have, you know, native plants on their property. And um, depending on how many they have, they can, you know, designate whether they're like a pollinator pit stop or a <laughs> pollinator B&B &B or a pollinator five-star hotel. I like that idea. Um, That's great. Or, right? or, or, and, yeah. and so I, what we need is, you know, we need the support to grow the pathway from okay. the the from residents, you know, from private homeowners. Great. So I'm, I'm in the spring going to be really pressing people to sign up and become an official stop along the path. That's terrific. Do you have a pollinator yeah. dive bar? <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I guess I guess that might be a place to go with uh, not so many native plants or <laughs> I don't know, or maybe a lot. Well, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe you grow hops or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know, exactly. Or, or, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, folks, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, so um, I don't know who can stay, who can go, but I want to uh, bring Marcy uh, uh, Denker on. Marcy, how are you? Where are you calling from? Marcy? Um, I'm here at, in Nyack. Oh, great. Terrific. Tell us about your uh, your climate uh, action plan uh, and what it encompasses and uh, and what what it does for your community. All right. Well, we just uh, we just completed it. It took a year and it's um it's a roadmap like um for all of the kinds of things that people are talking about on this call uh, to do uh you know, reduce emissions. It's based on greenhouse gas inventories for the community and government, mm -hmm. and um, it, which lays out targets for mm -hmm. us to reduce emissions from transportation, you know, energy and buildings, and um, waste management. But we also have a whole section about natural resources. So Dana knows all about that because she's helped yep. you know uh, mm -hmm. contribute to it. And we have uh, you know, besides the pollinator pathway, and I we have a really great program so we you know, we have community volunteers involved with that planting trees over the past about seven years right. and we've planted about 300 trees so far in our little village with uh, this volunteer group we were just out this morning doing maintenance on the trees protecting them from deer and yeah it's you know it's a really super program and this um aspect of the you know, the climate action plan we had a lot of uh, really good outreach so that we're connecting people um, and empowering them to take mm -hmm. action through all these different ways. Yeah, trees well, are trees are yep. soft soft infrastructure. They call it right. No, it's. I mean, I think the trees are called green infrastructure. They're, you know, green infrastructure for stormwater management is actually an official term that's used uh -huh. by you know in New York State regulations for mm -hmm. managing stormwater. So if you plant trees in certain ways that can benefit. Um, you know, capture well, you know, rain in the canopy and, um, you know, take up uh, water through the roots. That's, you know, that's stormwater management. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of the many, many benefits of trees. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so uh, we're, yeah, go ahead. We're, we're actually, you know, now that we're just finishing up our climate action plan and it'll get approved and adopted uh, by the village board in January, we're going to roll it out, you know, congratulate everybody who was involved celebrate it but also at the same time have a climate fair in Nyack at the Nyack Center on February 7th and you know bring together a lot of you know tables presenters with information so that people can start to really implement all these amazing <laughs> long lists of actions that we've laid out in the plan it's called Nyack 2030 so yes we have and it's called things you can do 
Um, if you <laughs> if you would want to find out what you can do, folks, and you're listening at home or in the radio or in the car, eight four five four two nine seventeen hundred. Not now. Oh, okay. Full. Oh, yeah. The okay. lines are full. The lines are full right now. Okay. So, um, yeah, well, no. Well, here we go. We'll have to say goodbye to somebody. Does somebody, uh, does somebody have to go? Does somebody <laughs> want to? We want to vote somebody off the island? <laughs> Our lines are full. We need to We need to open it up for callers. So, um, uh, so. This is uh, great. So, put, put you know, this is a. Uh, <laughs> Marcy, Marcy, this is great. You're having a fair coming up. People should put that on their calendar February 7th. It's coming up, and it'll be a chance for them to see the results of a lot of the work that you you and others have been doing regarding the yeah, uh, I mean, action not, plan. We're not going to just stand there and talk. No. This is going to be more like an expo. So it'll be um, a really great opportunity for some give and take. But we've had, we've, we figure we have probably around 20 uh, yeah. We're going to fill up the NIAC Center with tables, you know, uh, presenters about electrifying your home and, you yeah. know, a lot of the things that we're already talking about mm-hmm. on this call. Yeah. So it's all buying EVs, how to go about getting money for it and, you know, mm-hmm. making hey, sure that. Hey, hey David, that, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? David? She might have left. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That that, that 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 sounds familiar. I mean, it sounds like you know, like uh, something we've done, but uh, but it's not quite the same thing. Uh, what 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 they call it? A uh, a climate fair? A, a climate fair? It was a um, going green in your home. I think was the going green. Ah, there you so, go. And we had a bunch of uh, we had a bunch of presenters, and it was very well attended. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we got a couple of, of heat pump installations out of it oh good some other things so so it's, it's it's a very worthwhile thing to do and it does uh spread the word terrific so we're it seems like we're all kind of on the same page here mm-hmm. uh you know um uh, so that's uh uh you know i i'm uh, i'm encouraged by this mm-hmm. i'm encouraged by this um oh ellen i was going to ask you something what was it uh, the um what was it all right while you're thinking about that, yeah. Marcy, there's a pro- number of programs you're involved in uh, in the village of Nyack. You had the, the, the but the leaf blower. Uh, was there an actual ban in Nyack where people are encouraged to trade in their gas blowers? Or uh, well, yes, there, the ban um, was partial this year. It was a seasonal ban, and in mm-hmm. January it'll be uh, it'll be a full out ban on gas powered leaf blowers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah, Well, you know what? Now you reminded me. That's that's coming. That's all coming up. Monday in our community. So let, let 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 me let me start with Ellen here and 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 weigh in because we get pushback. Uh, people are saying, you know, listen, of all the things that are happening in the world, you know, leaf blowers I'll take away my leaf blower. Leaf blowers are not uh, are not going to change anything. You know, why why are you going there? Uh, why don't you make the case, uh, Ellen, for whatever ever it is you 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 believe as a, a leaf blower, gas leaf blower ban or total leaf blower ban? Ban? Where do you stand on that? Right, and I, I understand people saying that, and that could be said about so many things, right? Um, it doesn't mean that you don't take everyday environmental action because, you know, there's <laughs> there's more than Ukraine in the Middle East that you just don't, you know, you yeah. have to sort of stay focused. I could just tell you that I walk my dog a lot, and I experience firsthand the horrible noise pollution and air pollution that comes from those leaf lowers. And I think what people... They don't really understand the damage that it does to the biodiversity that's in our backyards and the reason that it's just unnecessary and that there's other methods. But like so many other industries, we talked about even 
oil and gas. There's, a, there's an industry infrastructure around that kind of yard work, right? These companies come in, they charge a certain amount a week to come, you know, they mow and blow, they come through really quickly, it's efficient equipment, they can work quickly in crews, and, you know, nobody's looking to put anybody out of business, nobody's looking to have people live in yards that don't look appealing, you still want to have curbside appeal, we all get that, and I want that, but there are other more environmentally friendly ways to go about that, and I think that we have to start learning and being open to other methods and um you know leaf mulching is really good because the the mulch is it's natural right like <laughs> the mulch from the leaves is natural rather than you know going out and buying mulch you have it in, from your own tree <laughs> just mow right over I, the I leaves i mean yes i completely it's agree just a, yeah it's just it's just because that's just been the way it's been done for so many years but you know look ever since i got a dog 13 years ago I put two and two together. I'm like, hmm, if he had, if we have pesticides in our yard, and our dog is walking in our yard, and now he's coming in my house, a, I'm gonna have pesticides in my house, and b, he's licking his paws, and that's going into his his system. I can't yeah. be a good thing. No. And, and, and who was that that was agreeing with uh, Ellen? Was that uh, you? Uh, that, that's Dana. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. we're all on the same page. Now, that, that's what I was re- remembering about uh, talk. I wanted to talk to David and, and, and Ellen because I know we've talked about it before, but but all four of you, uh, leave the leaves, yeah, which right. is what they call it yeah. in, in Mimaranek. You call it something else on the other side of the river? Uh, love love them or leave them. Leave love them or leave them. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so yeah, and, love them and leave them. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, because we, you know, we spend all this time gathering leaves, carting them off. We used to burn them. Now we mulch them. We move them around. We truck them. We do all this stuff. And then we go buy mulch and bring it back. And I mean, it, it just seems like, what are we doing that for? Why don't we just leave the leaves and maybe eliminate some of these steps? So um, uh, on that on that uh, theme, um, you know, take it away, uh, Dana or Mar- and or Marcy and, and David, please. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in here. I mean, there in Nyack, one of the things that we've just been doing this fall, because, you know, it is leaf season, is we brought together uh, people who are involved in the Rockland Composters Group, which was has been advocating, you know, mostly about food scrap composting, but also other composting. The, uh, the Nyack Pollinator Pathway, the Nyack Tree Committee, to all, you know, put out the word, you know, with the village of Nyack about the benefits of leaving your leaves in your yard and using them, the, you know, the different ways that you can. Because besides mulch mowing on your lawn and using the leaving in the bed for mulch, the, uh, you know, the new newer trend in ecological landscaping is really recognizing that it's beneficial to leave those overwintering insects in leaves, you know, so that you're not chopping them all up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so leaving leaves whole is also a benefit. And then I'm always running out of leaves for my compost pile because I use it throughout the winter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, if you think of all those multiple ways that you can do it, you end up with sometimes not even enough leaves, you know, let alone not having them out on the curb. And then there's the whole cost, you know, to the to the village of, of carting. Yes, yeah, it, it gets expensive moving all that stuff around. Uh, for those of you just joining us, we're speaking with Dana Harkrider, uh, director of Nyack Pollinator Pathway, uh, Marcy Denneker, landscape designer in Nyack Tree Project, uh, David Freeman, who is uh, with the uh, committee for, was with the committee for the environment, we're operating 
for the uh, Mamaroneck Greenway in uh, in uh, Mamaroneck, New York, and Ellen Silver, uh, chair of the Mamaroneck Climate Smart uh, Committee, all talking about stuff you can do <laughs> to help the climate. You don't have to just uh, sit home and be uh, depressed and worried. You can do something. Uh-huh. You can do something. So continue then. All right, uh, uh, Marcy, we were talking about leave the leaves. So you think how big a how big a cultural change is that for us to get away from this whole um, uh, you know, green clipped lawn thing that that looks nice in some settings, but everybody seems to want the same thing. And uh, maybe, you know, I think some other co- types of lawns look just as nice. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a couple different, you know, I, I was actually invited to participate in a, a, a working group uh, last year that was organized by the director of the Cornell Cooperative Extension to mm-hmm. try to develop a pilot. Uh, for landscapers, mm-hmm. a pilot education program. And a lot of the focus of the talk was really about, like, lawn management and how to, uh, you know, go, go in a different direction. And I, there's a lot of resistance in Rockland County among the landscape, uh, you know, the regular landscapers because of the, you know, because of their business model. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so a lot of this, um, in Nyack, it's not the same thing. There's a different kind of culture here, and there's smaller properties where people, you know, um, are, are interested in this sort of thing. But in other places with larger properties and a lot of lawn, there's a whole educational uh, part that goes with that. And the, and if homeowners start to ask for their landscapers to, to, you know, take a different approach, then that's how things will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some wonderful lawns. Um, among the uh, the um, more um, even the, some of the more moneyed areas of uh, of uh, the Sound Shore, where people have, have gotten pretty imaginative with mm-hmm. uh, with rocks and uh, um, native plants, native plants, and uh, you know that that sort of thing, and it and it looks great, and mm-hmm. it doesn't require as much uh, water, and uh, that's a that's going to be a big deal because water rates are going to be going up and uh, all that. Uh, all that is happening. All that is happening. Yeah. So increasing, increasing yeah. the kinds of plants, like you know, Dana was talking about, and others. Yeah. You know, of these, uh, adding more of that into the picture, and also looking into, you know, there's a lot of research going on that's uh, really looking at this issue, and and having lawn alternatives that are having more kinds of plants sort of mixed in the lawn that are going to yeah. be fine. And also right. the d- different kinds of turf that doesn't grow as fast, so that mm-hmm. you don't have to mow as often. But obviously, if you're making your money by mowing lawns, that's not going to be a you know that's not something. There you go. All right. Selling point. David, you were trying uh, to trying to uh, uh, catch my attention there. What's up? Yeah, yeah. I think we shouldn't um, be blind to the advances of technology that are going to help this, because one of the issues has always been well, the gas blower, gas leaf blowers are so much more efficient and powerful than electric. And that used to be the case, but the electric is catching up very quickly. There's a very there is some penalty you pay, but not a very great amount of penalty at this point. Um, and the other thing is that uh, companies are coming out with uh, mulchers that you can add to uh, a lawnmower, uh, and and you could actually go through a lawn with less time and mulch the leaves into the lawn as opposed to raking them and that's relatively new but but that technology is is coming on mm-hmm. stream and it's getting less and less expensive mm. yeah it's it's true and, and we're having that debate right now in mamaronek um uh, because uh 
we have that that proposal, that law, a leaf blower law that's uh, that's coming up, as well as the the solar uh, law that uh, Ellen mentioned. Uh, all that, well, that's coming up <laughs> Monday, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. So um, we'll be we'll be t- talking about that in public and. Uh, and we're uh, we're getting you know we're 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 trying to change people's minds. We're trying to change people's um, uh, concepts about what is uh, doable, what isn't doable, what's normal, what isn't. Uh, and um, by educating the public, Lou, you're 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 asking their government to make changes. So I think it's good to have the voice come from the people. Uh, sure. Let people let them know that there's a demand and the interest in this. I think that's a real positive thing. And of course, some people don't like change. Now you've all come across that. Before we, uh, I want to end this hour by giving a little nod to David's project. We're going to play a song called "Green River" by CCR. <laughs> Get it? Huh? <laughs> okay. All right. And um, uh, and uh, but tell me uh, uh, the 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 biggest pushback. Each one of you, the biggest pushback you've gotten that makes you you know not maybe sad but you know go oh gosh you know uh, things change I mean that, that where you, it, yeah. you're trying to tell somebody something and they don't want to hear it um, um, let's let's start with uh, uh, we just had David let's start with uh, Ellen a pushback from people or government from from anybody oh I just sometimes I just find the wheels of local government to move very slow <laughs> and that I find very frustrating because this is all to me for the good and um so yeah so as long as i wish that things just happened a little faster yeah so it, 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 you think it's a resistance to change is that it well i think it's a resistance to change but i think you know there's a lot of other competing interests of other things and sometimes these climate issues don't go to the top of the list so they get pushed off because other things you know take precedence sometimes and frankly it's easier to do nothing <laughs> right, because there's nothing it's not going to be staring you in the face on any given day if something doesn't happen i hear you I it's hear also you. The happening, it is happening right in front of us but it's over time and mm-hmm. we are we are adapting in some ways yeah. but um i'd say for the most part when i talk to individuals they the people at least in my orbit they seem mostly receptive and you know, we, we rolled out a food scrap recycling program mm-hmm. in our village. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing that. And and now I love it when I see that there's, you know, pickup here is on Wednesdays and I walk my dog Wednesday mornings and I see all these people putting their bins out. Yeah. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. another recycling stream. And, and I and I and I participate, but you, you also know that uh, that that uh, very wet, uh, smelly garbage gets collected somewhere and uh, there there was pushback from People who live near where it was being processed, uh, saying, uh, "I'd rather you not do it at all rather than have it near me." You know, so there, there's, there's that. Is that that food could either be in your trash, or it could be in a separate food scrap mm-hmm. uh, receptacle. I don't know why it matters where it is. People are throwing out food no matter what. Yeah, so I'd rather I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But but there's always there, there's always pushback. Is what all I'm yeah, saying. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think that. That that is a lot of pushback that we got with that the odor and everything. But I'm like, if you're putting your banana peel in your trash, or if you're putting it in your compost bin, it's going somewhere. So I'd rather it not be yeah. in a. Well, we incinerate here in Westchester. I'd rather not get burned. I'd rather it get composted. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, uh, Dana. What do you think? What's the biggest pushback you get that makes you frustrated? Uh, well, I mean, like we've been talking about, there's there's a real ingrained aesthetic you know, culturally with having a perfectly neat lawn and with, 
you know, going to the plant nursery and picking out plants that are just pretty, you know, as opposed to thinking about what might be ecologically beneficial. And and that's going to take, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time and research to learn how to adopt, you know, ecologically beneficial practices. Um, so I get, you know, some pushback about that. But, you know, all of us in the 1980s, we like, we all learned how to program our VCRs, right? And that was a seemingly insurmountable <laughs> task. You know, Not all, my mom. We've all learned how to, you know, use technology and text. And, you know, during the pandemic, we all had to become suddenly fluent in Zoom, yeah. you know? So we'll, we'll learn how to do this too. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I try to encourage people with. The, the other thing that I think is kind of hilarious is that occasionally, when I'm I'm putting in some pollinator-friendly plants, people are like, "Oh, well, this is going to attract a lot of bees, right?" I mean, then then people are going to get stung. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're afraid of the bees. People people who yeah, believe be- people who lo- look at bees as pests. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, there's 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 that. All right. Thank you. Uh, th- thank you, Dana. Yeah. Um, Marcy, yeah. what do you what, what about you? What do you what 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 makes you a little uh, uh, crazy? I guess when people say, "Oh, no, you can't do that." <laughs> You know, I don't. I was thinking about that, and I, I, I feel as though in um, we don't really have. I don't have to come up against that very much here mm-hmm. in Nyack. We're in. We're, there's a lot of support for the kind of work mm-hmm. that we do. That's great. Um, but when I look the, a little bit beyond, we, we always are trying. Yeah. We're trying to um, sort of set a model and you know sort of radiate out from here. And when I look around in at the town or the county, sometimes I'm frustrated or even the Rockland Solid Waste Management Authority, it, you know, as how they're, um, they seem satisfied to oh, move so slowly. <laughs> and, and how about you, David? What, what, uh, what frustrates you? Well, there's really been no pushback as such, as the chair of the, the, the town the village board said when we made a presentation, what's there not to like? It's a win-win. The problem is it's very complicated, and it costs money. Uh, you know, you're by definition, if you have a linear park, you're going through several different jurisdictions. You have to think about the Department of Environmental Conservation. You have to think about the village, the town, the county. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of jurisdictions the and there are a lot of stakeholders. Yeah. So you have it takes a lot of work and it's not cheap. So, um, you know, you, you need to have a dedicated group of people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and spend the time to, to get it done. That's the that's the obstacle. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, you're listening to WRCR AM 1700, WRCR.com. Tough times with Lou Young. We're speaking with uh, David Freeman, Ellen Silver, uh, Dana Harkrider, and Marcy Denker, who are all um, solid citizens, activists, people who do stuff uh, in in their communities uh, for the environment. And uh, we thank you all for spending time with us. Uh, it is a uh, it's it's an eye opener, and and the advice for people who want to do this, um, um, a you can you can call up in the next hour uh, 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 and and talk to us. You can uh, reach out to these folks um, uh, on on by email or or uh, or website. You guys have a, a website or, or an address you want to you want to share with us? Anybody? Absolutely. Yeah, we're at, at the we're at nyackpollinatorpathway dot org. Nyack pollinator pathway.org pathway. Uh, or if you just google nyack pollinator pathway, pathway. got it got it uh, anybody yeah. else 
Well, David and I can be found on the Village website. Um, just Vill- go to the Village Internet website and look for the Committee for the Environment. All right, all right. Village Maranek website, uh, Committee for the Environment, and uh, or Maranek uh, Pollinator Pathway dot org. And uh, and you know, once you get into this world, it opens up. There's a lot of different paths you can, uh, folks. How about the How about the Village of Nyack uh, a program that you're uh, you're going to be bringing before the board, Marcy? Uh, for the for well, the, uh, I'm the sustainability coordinator and the chair of the Climate Smart Committee. So I, you know, I can be reached through the village website, but also. An easy one to remember for the tree project is Nyack Tree Project at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's a way to get in touch with me. All right, all right. So we're going to uh, take a, a, a the, the promise musical interlude. Uh, David, a Green River CCR. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, and uh, uh, to, like for, the, for the for the for the Mamarna Greenway, and then uh, on the other side of that, we'll um, uh, explore uh, news from the natural world with Savitri D and. Uh, we get back into talking about COP28. Uh, any of our guests want to uh, stick around or return, uh, we, we um, welcome that and, and encourage it. And any uh, callers who want to call in, 845-429-1700. You're listening to Tough Times with Lou Young. Let's go. Hit it, CCR. CCR Green River uh, played because uh, we were talking about uh, in the last hour um, 
projects that people are pushing in their local communities. And over uh, in Mamaroneck, there's a, a, a grassroots project that um, is called the Mamaroneck Greenway, where regular folks have volunteered and they've created pocket parks along um, public land on the rivers. And now they are um, beginning to push the acquisition of some private property and to create a continuous park along the rivers. Uh, and that will also give the rivers some place to spread out when it, it, it comes to flood time. And it's a flood control measure. It's a, an environmental measure. Uh, it uh, it's, uh, helps property values. There's, there's nothing not to like about it. And this is from them. They didn't wait around for somebody in Washington or Albany to do it for them. They did it themselves uh, with, with some help from those folks, you know, learning how to... How to um, apply for grants and stuff like that. So there's things you can do, folks. That's the that's the message here. Uh, and if you want to call in and talk about that, 845-429-1700 here at WRCR, WRCR.com. And um, uh, we are uh, well, about six minutes after the hour. Um, we will uh, get to the news uh, on a kind of a belated basis here. This is news from the natural world. Uh, as COP28, the uh, climate conference... Uh, it begins to wrap up the last few days at the United Arab Emirates, and uh, not everybody is uh, is uh, terribly optimistic about what what's going on over there. All right, uh, let's uh, let's hit the news. Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. COP28 is underway in the United Arab Emirates, attended by activists, scientists, bureaucrats, politicians, journalists, and land guardians from all over the world. The agenda at COP28 includes a global stock-taking of the Paris Climate Accords five years later, with the aim of assessing the world's collective progress toward achieving its climate goals. Pennsylvania leads the U.S. in Lyme disease cases, and the continued development of forested areas increases people's risk of being bitten by the species of tick that transmits the illness. When forests, where black-legged ticks thrive statewide, are fragmented to make room for roads, oil and gas sites, housing developments, or shopping centers, ticks have fewer available hosts and are more likely to bite humans. In 2022, Pennsylvania reported 8,413 confirmed Lyme disease cases, a number that has increased almost every year for more than a decade. Officials will add wolverines, threatened by climate change and habitat loss in much of the U.S., to the endangered species list. New research indicates that exposure to parks, trees, and other green spaces can slow the rates at which our cells age. The study published in Science of the Total Environment found that people who lived in neighborhoods with more green space had longer telomeres, which are associated with longer lives and slower aging. Authorities in Honduras have issued an arrest warrant for the alleged mastermind in the case of the murdered indigenous environmental leader Berta Caceres. Caceres was gunned down in her home in March 2016 in retaliation for leading a campaign to stop construction of an internationally financed hydroelectric dam. On Friday, a court issued an arrest warrant for Daniel Atala Medense after prosecutors formally accused the financial manager of the dam company DESA with masterminding the murder. Scientists have created tiny moving biological robots from human tracheal cells that can encourage the growth of neurons across artificial wounds in the lab. Using patients' own cells could permit growth of anthrobots that assist healing and regeneration in the future with no need for immune suppression. 
The discovery of a planet that is far too massive for its sun is calling into question what was previously understood about the formation of planets and their solar systems, according to Penn State researchers. In a paper published online in the journal Science, researchers report the discovery of a planet more than 13 times as massive as Earth, orbiting the ultra-cool star LHS 3154, which itself is nine times less massive than our Sun. The mass ratio of the newly found planet with its host star is more than 100 times higher than that of Earth and the Sun. Most U.S. cities would have to replace lead water pipes within 10 years under strict new rules proposed by the EPA as the Biden administration moves to reduce lead in drinking water and prevent public health crises like the ones in Flint, Michigan and Washington, D.C. Millions of people consume drinking water from lead pipe, and the agency said tighter standards would improve IQ scores in children and reduce high blood pressure and heart disease in adults. It is the strongest overhaul of lead rules in more than three decades and will cost billions of dollars. Humans are fixated on big brains as a proxy for smarts. But headless animals called brittle stars have no brains at all and still manage to learn through experience, new research reveals. These shy marine creatures have no brain to speak of, just nerve cords running down each of their five wiggly arms. But that seems to be enough to learn by association, researchers report. There's no processing center. Each of the nerve cords can act independently. It's like instead of a boss, there's a committee. In a study with 22 pairs of identical twins, Stanford medicine researchers and their colleagues have found that a vegan diet improves cardiovascular health in as little as eight weeks. The world's militaries produce at least 5.5% of greenhouse gas emissions, more than the total footprint of Japan, according to one 2022 estimate. Military spending has grown by more than a quarter in the past decade, exceeding $2.2 trillion in 2022. When researchers asked hundreds of people to watch other people shake boxes, it took just seconds for almost all of them to figure out what the shaking was for. The deceptively simple experiment is the first to demonstrate that people can tell what others are trying to learn just by watching their actions. The study reveals a key yet neglected aspect of human cognition and one with great implications for artificial intelligence. Just by looking at how somebody's body is moving, you can tell what they are trying to learn about their environment, said author Chaz Firestone. Across several experiments, researchers asked a total of 500 participants to watch two videos in which someone picks up a box full of objects and shakes it around. One shows someone shaking a box to figure out the number of objects inside it. The other shows someone shaking a box to figure out the shape of the objects inside. Almost every participant knew who was shaking for the number and who was shaking for shape. If you added up all the microbes living deep below Earth's surface, the amount of biomass would outweigh all life within our oceans. But because this abundant life is so difficult to reach, it is widely understudied and incompletely understood. By accessing the deep underground through a former gold mine turned laboratory in South Dakota's Black Hills, Northwestern University researchers have pieced together the most complete map to date of the elusive and unusual microbes beneath our feet. In total, the researchers characterized nearly 600 microbial genomes, some of which are completely new to science. Out of this batch, Northwestern geoscientist Magdalena Osborne, who led the study, says most microbes fit into one of two categories. 
minimalists who have streamlined their lives by eating the same thing all day, every day, and maximalists, which are ready and prepared to greedily grab any resource that might come their way. For nearly 50 years, astronomers have come up empty-handed in their search for stars within this sprawling structure known as the Magellanic Stream. A colossal ribbon of gas, the Magellanic Stream spans nearly 300 moon diameters across the southern hemisphere's sky, trailing behind the Magellanic Cloud Galaxies, two of our Milky Way galaxy's closest cosmic neighbors. Researchers have identified 13 stars whose distances, motion, and chemical makeup place the stars squarely within the enigmatic stream. Locating these stars has now pinned down the true distance to the Magellanic Stream, revealing that it extends from 150,000 light years to more than 400,000 light years away. There you go. That's uh, Savitri D, News from the Natural World. Interesting stuff there. I mean, uh, you know, uh, she she has if nothing if not an eclectic eye for news items. You know, mm-hmm, true. Yeah, it is, um, and a great voice, and a great voice, and a great voice, and uh, and she plays piano pretty well too. <laughs> <laughs> All that I I you know I just imagine her sitting at the piano with a gooseneck <laughs> microphone there, just playing the piano while she yeah, makes yeah. news. That's it. Um, so uh, uh, Dana, are you still with us? Hello? She is patched through, so she might be muted on Dana, her. are you there? Hello, oh, Dana. I'm still here. Hello. Yeah, yeah. We have, we're here with Dana uh, Harkrider, uh, director of the NIAC Pollinator Pathway. And a, uh, tell us about uh, she, Mexico. She was a what? She should tell us about Mexico. Yeah, tell us about Mexico. You're in Mexico. You're down there with, you're, you're down there with the monarch butterflies. <laughs> Uh, What's going well, on? Not Mexico? the monarch, not the monarch specifically, but I, I'm down on the the very tip of the Baja Peninsula. I'm in a town called Todos Santos, uh-huh. and where um, if, if you know the Baja Peninsula, it's, it's the peninsula that, that extends, you know, all the way down right. south from the state of California. So right. Todos is almost at the very tip. Cabo San Lucas is the very very tip, and we're about an hour north of Cabo um, on the Pacific side. Ah, near the mouth of the Sea of Cortez. Yes, exactly. You are familiar. Yes, I am. All right, there you go. That's fabulous. I mean, that's it's a it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful desert and ocean down here. It's yeah, it's really, really wonderful. Yeah, well, and that's where our well, <clears throat> the monarchs don't come from that part of Mexico, do they, or do they? No, it's you know, I was thinking about that. As far as I know, the, the, we're not on the monarch migration path, and I, I haven't seen any here. But there are other butterfly species that I have seen sort of migrating across the desert when I've been driving through this area. It's all, oh, terrific. It's all pretty great. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. Uh, well, uh, you know, and, uh, um, you know, have a have a beverage with an umbrella in it for me, all right? <laughs> well, there's plenty of that here, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thank you for calling in on, on your, um, on your uh, time off in, in beautiful uh, Baja, California. And, um, nope, no you know, yeah. now we're thinking also about uh, another desert on the other side of the planet at the United Arab Emirates where the uh, the climate conference, the UN Con- climate conference, COP28, is uh, entering its final days. And, uh, you know, it's the idea that they're having it in a petrostate and that uh, there are 1,500, uh, you know, fossil fuel lobbyists there and, uh, and that... Uh, some simple stuff is having a hard time getting through. His um, frustrating some folks. I don't know uh, what uh, what you th- you how you regard it. Do you follow it? 
I, I haven't been following it um, moment to moment, no, but I, you know, I know it's going on, um, and I, I have some other friends and associates that are, are following it quite closely. All right. Well, let's. I, I want to. Yeah. Uh, let's collectively, all of us here, Will, uh, George, uh, let's all, uh, and uh, and Dana, let's all listen to um, uh, Al Noor Lotta, uh, who is a. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a, a co-founder of a, a global activist collective called uh, the Rules, uh, and uh, is really an environmental activist of a of, of a you know on a on a worldwide scale. Mm-hmm. He's like. A, He's like George Patanovic on steroids, <laughs> and um, uh, he, uh, a big thinker. And uh, uh, he he talks about uh, the core problem that we may or may not be dealing with when we come to um, when it comes to conferences like this. Uh, let's listen into uh, Al Nurlata. We are carrying out a vast, frightening experiment of changing every ecological condition all at once at a pace that far outstrips nature's ability to cope. After all, ladies and gentlemen, in 2050, our grandchildren won't be asking what we said. They will be living with the consequences of what we did or didn't do. So if we act together to safeguard our precious planet, the welfare of all our people will surely follow. And we need to remember, too, that the indigenous worldview teaches us, teaches us that we are all connected, not only as human beings, but with all living things and all that sustains life. As part of this grand and sacred system, harmony with nature must be maintained. The earth does not belong to us. We belong to the earth. Al Nur Ladha uh, talking about the, the uh, underlying reality of uh, confronting climate change. We belong to the Earth, and the Earth doesn't necessarily need us. So uh, the Earth can do fine without us. So we're just really uh, asking to uh, remain on the planet. Um, that 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 sound uh, reasonable to you, Data? Absolutely, <laughs> more than reasonable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know when it, when you think about it, that uh, and and people can talk about the particulars on this, but uh, the last uh, y- year, the temperatures, uh, some of the m- m- well, the the data indicates that we just lived through the warmest year uh, in the last one hundred twenty-five thousand years. Um, that's based on. Uh, since we've been keeping research from 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 uh, uh, you know ice cores and various uh, various um, uh, ways to measure uh, weather that happened in the past, mm-hmm. uh, and yes, it, it it was warmer previous to that, but it was warmer when um, you know people weren't like a thing, you know, and now we are. So uh, will we survive? And uh, and in addition to the fact that uh, this is was the warmest year in one hundred twenty five thousand years. Um, some people believe it is the coolest year of the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. that it'll only get warmer from here. So uh, mm. how alarmed does that make you when I say that? Because uh, Will will tell you what I am. What, I'm, what am I? Doomer. I'm a doomer. Okay, so <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, where do you fall into that data? Well, I mean, it's all very concerning, isn't it? You know, um, I, I sometimes wonder with all of the, the stuff 
that I'm doing through the pathway, you know, is this all going to be worth it? You know, is is it going to actually make a difference? And it's all very unpredictable. Um, you know, we don't quite know yet, but you still have to get out and try. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's kind of the whole point. We've got we've got to do something. And, and you are, and you are, and we appreciate yeah. it. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, and and I guess we are too. We're mm-hmm. we're here uh, talking about it uh, uh, and uh, and taking our own actions and encouraging people who uh, who have uh, more knowledge about it than, than we do. Uh, and, yeah. uh, but I yeah. can see what's going on. I mean, I don't have to. I don't have to understand every aspect of it to know something's seriously wrong. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. To to uh, to brush it off and say, well, that's just the way it is, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, in in our community, yeah. Dana, oh, we haven't met before. This George, uh, up in Stony Point, uh, have a group I started almost thirty four years ago. Now it'll be thirty four years. Uh, starting in next year. Um, but we've dealt a lot lately with uh, land use issues, you know, that we've been focusing more on that. In the past, we've done other kinds of, of projects as well, but it, land use is such an important part of ongoing development in the community and, and getting people to think differently about how we develop our land, use our land, uh, plan better, things like that, so the bigger picture in terms of, uh, of land use. And it, it involves the planning boards and zoning boards and the town politics sometimes and things like this. but. You know, people get involved, especially they get involved if it's something that's going to impact them directly. I guess part of this is to have people understand that this affects all of us, right? I mean, that this is a, improvements can be made that uh, that we all benefit from if we work together. I think it's great. You know, I, I really believe in the idea of local action. It's something I've dedicated a lot of my time to, and it's a important step. Um, what have people told you when you've been working with them with the pollinator program? So it's a it's not a land use issue, but it's uh, something they would invest well, time in. What, what have kind of reactions do you get from people? Use. It is land use. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is land use. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it is land use, absolutely. And, it, you know, it does require the, the cooperation, the involvement, the enthusiasm mm-hmm. of, you know, whoever's land it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if there's not a plan for, like, ongoing maintenance um, mm-hmm. and, and just a dedication to the cause, then it, it tends to not be as successful as when there is. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, we've, we've been pretty lucky with um, the NIAC, uh, the village of NIAC. They've been very supportive mm-hmm. of us, and they've been really open to, to some of these changes and um, have suggested different places where we can plant. So, yeah, but it, it, it is about land use. One mm-hmm. of the, the things that I'm, when I look into the future and I think, okay, how is all of this going to play out? What are, what are future landscapes going to look like, mm-hmm. you know? It's, what I imagine is is a landscape that's entirely managed by people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, and you see this already in some, like, suburban neighborhoods that are fairly affluent. There, mm-hmm. there is hardly any natural, sp- any space mm-hmm. in the entire neighborhood that hasn't been touched, you know, that isn't mm-hmm. being managed by people in some way. Mm-hmm. And that might be the only way to to do things moving forward to be able to plant the amount of native plants and trees that we need to support all these species or mm-hmm. um to to not we're never going to be able to eliminate invasives but to at least keep them controlled mm-hmm. um you know to and to do things like properly manage stormwater et cetera et cetera it's, it's, yeah how we manage our we're water going, we're going to need to manage our land 
Yeah. No, well, because and, if you if you don't, I think that's yeah. going to give that's going to give rise to a lot of jobs for people. Mm-hmm. And, and Dana, if you um, don't manage the land, um, uh, the invasives take over. In other words, just oh, because, just because you've left something alone doesn't mean it. Well, it may be technically wild, but it's not it's not uh, ecologically sound. Not not in all situations. No. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and protecting our water up in Rockland's a little different than in Niagara. I, I think we, I, um, we have a, a lot of people still on well water up in in, in North Rockland. Uh, I did have well water, which was the greatest water for so long. And my unfortunately, my water got polluted from road salt contamination. The county plowed oh, the snow on the corner of my property. It was like an eight year battle. I had to try and get water back up to our homes. Um, in the early 90s. Um, but uh, we're more aware, I think, at least people that have wells are more aware of the fact of not putting pesticides down. You don't need to, you know, the, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. not not doing what people see on TV a lot. Oh, the green lawn, you know, is this ideal uh, type of lawn. It takes a lot of chemicals. I've never put any any kind of chemicals on my lawn, even now. Yeah, I, I, I have, uh, yeah, I have the water company's water now, which is not as good. But uh, you know, I had really great wo- uh, well water because I live next to Harriman State Park. But I think of people thinking of what they can do in their own yards uh, differently, and I guess that's part of it is uh, how you maintain it. Like we were talking about the leaves, leaving the leaves, mowing them in, not taking them away. <laughs> you know, all the things that people yeah. get used to over the years they think they need to do is rethinking that a little bit. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I, I, go ahead. I'm, I, I was going to digress. You go, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's what all of us have been taught. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what we grew up doing. So, yeah. of course, that's what we think that's what we have to do. Well, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, and, and, and I remember it nostalgically, even though it was a, a terrible thing, that in the fall there was always this smell of burning leaves mm-hmm. and smoke drifting around. Uh, you know, um, uh, diffusing the light, mm-hmm. and even though the leaves are changing, <laughs> and, and, and so that the burning leaves were part of uh, the experience. Yeah. So, and I remember it, <laughs> yeah. you know, pleasantly. But mm-hmm. it was, but what a terrible idea! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people used to, yeah. bur- you know, you, you used to heap them up in a pile, set fire to them, and then you know somebody would send there and tend them with a rake while they all burned, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know. And everybody did that, so the smoke was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I have room for composting on my property, so we, you know, I, I reduce my garbage throwing out garbage as well by composting all the things that are you know not meat, you know, all natural vegetables and and scraps and things like this. We put into our into our uh, compost bin, you know, compost which I have to turn over. I have to do more of that myself. But maybe educating people about that, they don't even have to put. I know there's food scrap programs for people who maybe don't have the land. To do their own composting, but uh, certainly, yeah, finding, totally, yeah, totally. finding a way of doing that. As I, well. I think it's important to think about all of the, the the things that come onto your property, the leaves, the water, or whatever, mm-hmm. as resources. Right. Those are those are resources point. for you, yeah. and you need to to think about retaining as much of your resources as possible. Mm-hmm. So you know we've we've grown up you know being taught that okay we need to clean the leaves away, we mm-hmm. need to get them out from our perennial beds. Mm-hmm. You know, put in mulch. You know, go bag up or, or have the town take away all the leaves in the fall. Mm-hmm. But that's those leaves are a resource. There is no better fertilizer for your soil than composting leaves. Yes. And and so many pollinators that either will like overwinter underneath leaf litter um, or lay their eggs on the leaves of trees, and then those trees fall to the ground, and those those eggs overwinter into the litter. There's there's just there, there's so much that happens ecologically within leaf litter. 
um, it, it's a huge resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep your resources on your property. Mm-hmm. You know, don't That's give a, them away. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, and then uh, well, whatever. And then that whole thing you you know, push them out into the street, and and that right. big scraper thing comes and picks them up, and, and right, you know, right, which costs which costs your your townships. Tens of thousands of dollars. I a year know. I know. <laughs> Trust me. I know. Hey, yes. hey, Dana. Hey, Dana. What what kind of music do you like? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I I listen to a lot of stuff, but I'm I'm a big listener of W W F U D out of Fordham University. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know if you listen to. So yeah. you know. Well, let's let let's 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 bring something uh, to W R C R right now. That uh, uh, pick a song uh, and and you, and you get to you get this, this, this is your personal you request line your, your personal <laughs> personal request line. What do you want to hear? Personal request line. Well, the Talking Heads are probably one of my favorite bands of all time. So oh. anything that David Byrne does, that I think is just yeah. fantastic. Now, my favorite is Life During Wartime. What's yours? Absolutely, that's a great song. Oh, oh that's right. when I <laughs> when I was in when I was in um, uh, Kuwait and Iraq. I had it. Uh, I had it on tape, and and I played. All, uh, and the I think the, the photographer I was this finally took the tape and threw it out the window. <laughs> he was so sick of hearing it. <laughs> but, but you know, he's not here now. You're listening to WRCR AM seventeen hundred WRCR dot com. We welcome uh, your calls. Yeah, okay. we're we're uh, uh, we're talking to Dana uh, um, Harkrider, uh, who is a director of the NIAC uh, pollinator. Pathway, um, and uh, we're talking about um, the things you can do mm-hmm. to help uh, the environment. You don't have to sit around and wait. You don't have to wring your hands. You can actually take action. There's a pathway you mm-hmm. can go, and uh, and 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 it's available to you. Mm-hmm. And we had folks on earlier who are doing all sorts of things in their communities on both sides of the Hudson. And you know, you complain. In other words, I'd be a complainer if I wasn't doing something because I see the problems. And they don't go away. So by taking action, it's very almost therapeutic in a way. It's a way to take action to do something. And when about you're complaining, you're expecting somebody yeah, else to take to do care it. of it. Exactly. You know. And I want to say, you do something. You do something. And you're doing it. <laughs> hey, hey, you. Yeah. Hey, you do hey, something. You do something. <laughs> you do something. <laughs> call in, uh, call in, and, and, and chat with us eight four five four two nine seventeen hundred. And then uh, you know, because it's times are tough. It's like life during wartime, right? Yeah.
driving, you ought to get you some sleep. Laughed at Roger. My buddy, my, uh, the guy I was working with in Kuwait, he literally, I don't think he actually threw it out the window, but he, he <laughs> took the tape out of the player and was like, <laughs> I said, he goes, I'm tired of hearing it, all right? <laughs> you still there, Dana? Yes, I'm still here. All right, there you go. We got we 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 love that song, and um, so uh, you know, hey, I got I got a, something for you guys who were listening. Eight four five four two nine seventeen hundred. Call in and request a song. Maybe that'll get you to call. How about that? <laughs> you can do that, and I'll bet you we can find the song. There you go. All right, but but it can't have any of those the naughty words in it. No, mm. you know. There you go. So there's uh, there's that. <laughs> So the uh, how do you how do you stay positive, Dana? How do you stay positive uh, in a uh, in a world where um, uh, some uh, uh, some d- changes <laughs> are taking place, and we could all be living in a, in a Mad Max movie soon? What do you think? Well, you know, I honestly I just go plant more native plants in my yard. <laughs> what I do yeah. when I'm trying to stay positive, it, it it sounds very maybe it sounds a little silly, but that's mm. my way personally of mm. being political. You know, is is I've made all these changes in my yard, and mm. I I don't like to preach um, to people, but I have noticed that if I mm try to just lead by example mm-hmm. and and make a few changes here and there in my yard inevitably some of my friends some of my neighbors start saying hey you know how come you're, you're planting this here how come you've put in this rain garden in your front yard or you know why are you doing this and then then i just get to explain why mm-hmm. um and then i've noticed that that therefore makes my friends and neighbors start making changes on their property or, mm-hmm. or they're like oh i'd never thought about it like that before you know and because you're into this now i've started to get interested in this mm. so that's that's how i feel like change action, really yeah. happens mm-hmm. you know and and change gets affected is just mm-hmm. just doing some simple incremental changes mm-hmm. you know to, to your own behavior and your own property and mm-hmm. and that it really does spread um it really does encourage people to do the same. Yeah, the thing the thing that amazed me, and uh, you know, I, I did I started doing the food scraps. I mean, I, I don't live in a I don't have a backyard. I've got a, a porch, but I don't have a backyard uh, where I live, and uh, so I, I have to gather the the food scraps, and then once a week I take them. I just take it out to the place and I dump it. It's not it's not that big a no. deal, but I've noticed how how it, it has cut the amount of bags of, of trash I use. And yeah. also, um, because all the smelly stuff is going in the little bag, the little bin, the, the big trash doesn't smell. Mm. Therefore, I'm not compelled to take it out until it's really full mm-hmm. because it's all kind of benign. It's all like, uh, 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 you know, uh, not, not wet, not organic garbage. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, where I used to take, uh, you know, um, maybe three times in two days, um, I take it maybe uh, three times a week. Out to the uh, out to the uh, the garbage chute. Mm-hmm. I live in an apartment building, and um, and then once a week I take the wet garbage, which is heavy, but it's a, it's a, it's fairly small. Uh, to the uh, to the uh, so you you get a, a, a you get a, a picture then of, of what it is you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. uh, and um, and then when we realize uh, uh, I don't in Rockland I think you landfill some stuff right or do you incinerate? How does it work? Here? Yes. 
we truck it, I think, up to uh, upstate. Um, we've got, yeah, I mean, there, there is, there's, uh, honestly, I'm not really sure. You know, we obviously we have trash and recycling, and then I, I compost, you know, all of like, yeah. our fruits and vegetables and stuff myself. So, but the, but the but trash. There, there is a local. But we, yeah, yeah, Rockland Green has a great program. I think we, we've had yeah. uh, Howard yeah. Phillips on. Yeah, I mean, but, that, but, the, but in any event. It's not I, food recycling. There, but I guess they're just starting. But I know, I know that uh, in Westchester, um, uh, we burn our trash. Yeah. In Peekskill, right, and there's a uh, uh, there's a, um, a, a a large facility Just there, south that, of Indian Point, that 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 uh, turns it into electricity and industrial steam, uh, uh, but it's it's not you know it's not uh, uh, risk free or, or there's no it's not like there's no downside mm-hmm. because when you burn the trash, what comes out is water vapor, but that water vapor has uh, certain dioxins and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, other stuff mm-hmm. from the plastics that are mixed in mm-hmm. in there, and and uh, you know we end up breathing it, and you're probably breathing it on the on this side of the uh, river also, so um, yeah. that's that's where most of the of of, uh, of the trash gets burned. Now we're not burning, uh, you know. When the organics get taken out and they get go to composting, mm-hmm. we're not burning that stuff. We're turning that into mulch. And, uh, and those who truck it away, it's less trips by the truck. I mean, you're yeah. getting rid of. Well, uh, it has to be trucked up to uh, where is yeah. it? Uh, um, it? It's up county, it's central county somewhere, mm-hmm. and and then they have a for a, composting. Yeah, they have a a, a, a device that can compost, uh, even compost chicken bones. You know, uh, everything. Mm-hmm. And it comes back; it's beautiful, rich mulch, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. I think we even sell some of it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's you know everything's got a downside. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, nothing's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, there, you know, it's uh, better than sending it six hours upstate either. You know, yeah. trucking. Or so, so Dana, you're yeah. you you're you keep yourself sane by just doing what you can in your in your environment. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, small incremental changes. I think are actually really powerful. It it can get very overwhelming um, reading the news and thinking about okay, well, you know, how are we going to solve this? What you know, all of these things they have to be such massive changes. How are we ever going to get this done? But if everybody just took mm-hmm. a, you know a few little steps and made mm-hmm. a few little changes mm-hmm. in what they were doing, we'd be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be golden. So yeah, that's that's what I believe anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was uh, listening to. Um <laughs> some coverage of the uh, COP28 uh, conference, and they actually have a um, <laughs> they have a, a conference or a, a a meeting or a gathering or group on sustainable yachting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sustainable yachting! Yachting, yes, yes. Yachting so, seems like an oxymoron. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the the billionaires with the mega feel good. Yachts, they can feel good about it. They can. can feel a little less guilty about what it is they're doing <laughs> you know we're they're kind of missing the point there you know so um i was just looking this up the rise of sustainable yachting uh it's an article in the luxury tribune uh, the future of sustainable yachting are there eco-friendly yachts is uh, you know that, that uh, just shows you everybody has to do their part everybody has to do their part <laughs> You know, I got to think at the apocalyptic end when uh, everything is, is, is collapsing and on fire, um, we can all say, well, you know, uh, we all did our part. I mean, I I brought my I brought my uh, reusable grocery bag to the supermarket. Yeah. What, the, what else yeah, did they want? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, 
uh, we're we're, uh, we're coming up on uh, uh, on the top of the hour in a little while, and I got there's a couple of things I want to do here. Uh, one of them is uh, just to play some music that I need to um, I need to familiarize myself with because you know, you know, Dana, I'm in a band. Did I tell you that? He's a singer in a rock and roll band. Oh well, congratulations! That's awesome. Well, it's, yeah, it's it, it's 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 not terribly lucrative, but uh, <laughs> but it, so we've got to practice uh, uh, right after this, and, and I got two songs I got to learn, and uh, uh, and I thought we could uh, we could listen to them together, <laughs> and, and you can tell me what you think of the songs, and not that I'm going to sing them, I'm just going to listen to them because I need to learn them. What do you think? Sure. Okay, all right, all right. So, uh, first one is uh, it's a Tom Petty song, you, uh, you Wrecked Me. I think it's off his second album. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's off his second album. And I wasn't familiar with this, because uh, I, I, uh, I, I came, uh, uh, Petty came onto my radar screen with uh, Damn the Torpedoes, with uh, Refugee and, and all those songs, when he really hit it big. Uh, so I wasn't yeah. an early fan of his, even though I knew of him, because I was, I went to school in Gainesville, and his band Mud Crutch was big in in Gainesville, Florida at the time. You know, and so he's a he's a son of Gainesville and um, Gainesville, Florida. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but you wrecked me was new to me, and so they want me to learn it. So uh, uh, I listened to it a couple times, but I figured I'd listen to it again. You know, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Okay. Let's, hey, let's hear it. Tom Petty, you wrecked me, baby. <laughs>
Petty, huh? That's cool. Amazing song. as always. Did you yeah. know that song? Did you have you had you heard? Oh it? yeah. I for oh, some yeah, reason yeah, yeah. it was not on my radar at all, <laughs> and, and and you know, and I for some reason I had picked up Tom Petty, I guess later in the game, and I never went back and listened to his early stuff, and and that's a cool song. Mm-hmm. Ninety four. Yeah. 1994, huh? Released in 1994. So you're gonna you're gonna learn that and play it with your band? Uh, well, yes, I'll 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 sing it and they'll play it. I'll sing it. Uh, you know, I awesome. Guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, uh, I think it's I think we're doing it in a lower key though. Mm-hmm. So one 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 step down from that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and here's the thing, okay? Because it's an environmental show. I'm thinking that song is like the Earth talking to us, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. wrecked me, baby. <laughs> you break me in two, yeah. but and and you move me. We're doing all those things. Right, right. We're right. wrecking it. We're moving it. You know. Good thought, Lou. What? Good you thought. Bu- you buying that, Dana? <laughs> yeah, totally. Who was uh, who was um uh, uh who was the uh, the uh, the guy that was does all those songs, those uh, environmental songs? Um, Pete Seeger. Oh no, no, no. Uh, in, 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 Tom in, Chapin in we... cars. No, um. Uh, and cut like the movie cars. No, 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 no. The guy that does the song Cars, man, I'm having a, the electro, electronic. Why well, I'm, I'm having a brain fart here. <laughs> have we played one of his songs? Yes, before? we have. We have Gary okay. uh, Gary Newman. Oh, Gary, Newman. Okay. Gary Newman. Gary <laughs> Newman. Have, have you have you familiar with that Dana? That guy. Only, only, yeah, peripherally. I've, I've heard his name, but I don't know. Gary Newman in Cars. He had a that was back in the in, in the nineties, but he currently is like a, a major. A um, uh, uh, purveyor of music, uh, apocalyptic environmental music. Mm. You know, like uh, like uh, you know the the, the earth the earth mm. talking to us. Mm. Why don't we pick one out? You want to? You want to? We can we can we can enlarge Dana's mind here. What do you? <laughs> what, what, you, can, you got you got a Gary Newman one there? We it's in our list from our list. Yeah. Uh, mm. One sec. Let me see. Okay. What we got mm. here Gary. Hold on. This is so much fun. This is great. It's like this is like hanging around playing records. Um, actually, we don't. <laughs> It looks like we don't have actually anything that we've played from him before. We, so I suppose anything's on the table. Okay, so wait, 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 pull up Gary Newman. All right, uh-huh. all right. How do you spell Newman? N U M A N. N U M A N. Yeah, there okay, we go. There we go. This Here is, we are. This is this is this is this is high end radio. Uh, high end. <laughs> as you as you listen, radio. The top five popular songs I'm seeing on his Spotify are Cars, Our Friends, Electric. Um, M E Metal and my name is Ruin. My name is Ruin. That's one. That's one of the new ones. Let's do that. Okay. How long is that? Six minutes seventeen seconds. Do it. Do it. Listen to this. This is this is this is Gary Newman. <laughs>
Gary Newman, my name is Ruin. What do you what do you think of that, Dana? That's a that's pretty grim, isn't it? Awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. He's got great stuff. I mean, he he's he's a a king of techno pop, and he's been around forever. And uh, huge audiences in the UK, and um, uh, yeah, the the uh, environmentalists really the environmental activists really really love him. Mm. So uh, that's uh, you know that that whole that his whole recent album is just worth uh, worth going into i recommend it highly great i'll check it out <laughs> i recommend it highly so that's it that's uh yeah. that's it so um I, we wanted to thank you so much for uh spending time with us today uh the um uh you know the information to people that they can uh they can uh, volunteer and do stuff in their community once again uh, you're with uh, the the uh, uh nyack uh, pollinator, pollinator pathway, pathway. yes our, our other guest was uh, was Marcy Deneker, who is with the Nyack Tree Project. All right, and um, mm-hmm. you know, in the twenty thirty action plan, and and you guys, if, if you live in Nyack, if you live in Stony Point, if you live in 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 uh, um, uh, New City, uh, if you live in White Plains, if you live in in uh, Yonkers, or the village of Mamaroneck, or the village of Mamaroneck, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, step up. Go to your your village's website or your local municipality's website. Volunteer, get involved. You can. There's stuff you can do. There is stuff you can do, and it makes you feel a whole lot less uh, uh, helpless. We want to thank also mm-hmm. uh, Ellen Silver 
and uh, David Freeman from Mamaroneck who joined us, and uh, they're um, um, you know uh, great folks. So thank you all. You are the doers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and that's that's what we want to do. And we want to end with a request because um, uh, it's kind of a prayer, you know. Uh, we, we we need uh, we need help here. We can all do what mm-hmm. we can and hope uh, that uh, that somebody listens. Um, this is, uh, we're going to end on this song here. Um, uh, Dana, thanks for joining us. Have a great uh, thank rest you of your so weekend. much. I appreciate it, you guys. Thanks, uh, Dana. Yeah, have okay. a great day. Uh, thank this you. is this is Jelly Roll. Need a favor. I only talk to God when I need a favor, and I only pray when I ain't got a prayer. So who the hell am I? Who the hell am I to expect a savior? Oh, if I Oh my God, hail Mary, hanging.